0: Yashodan Pradyan Yamunati Ravanish Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ramo, Hare Ramo Ramo, Ramo, Hare Hare राधा Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Shri Kala Chanji Jayo Radha Govinde Radha Govinde Shri Radhe Jayo Radhe Jayo Radhe Jayo Radhe Jayo Shri Radhe Krishna, jayo Krishna, Jayo Krishna, Jayo Shri Krishna Jayo Jagannath, Jayo Jagannath, Jayo Baladeva, Jayo Subhadra jayo gauranitai 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 jayo gauranitai <tellan> jayo jayo prabhu pad prabhu pad prabhu pad jayo jayo prabhu pad जय Prabhupada Jayo Jayo जयो गुरुदेव 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 Jayo हो जयो गुरुदेव जय गुरुदेव मिठाई Narayanam namaskritya Naramchaiva narottamam Devim saraswatim vyasam Tatojayam mudhirayat Nashtaprayeshu abhadreshu Nityam bhagavata sevayayay Bhagavate Uttam Ashloke Bhaktir Bhavatina Naishtaki Krishna Evasudevaya Devaki Nanda Nayacha Nanda Gopa Kumaraya Govindae Namo Namaha Namo pankaja nabhaya Namo pankaja Namo netraya Namaste pankajangre Guru e Gaurichandraya Radhikaia tadalaye Krishnaya Krishna bhaktaya Tad bhaktaya namo namaha. Hare Krishna. Reading from Canto 1, Chapter 15, The Pandavas Retire Timely, Text 32. Nishamya, Nishamya Bhagavan Margam Namastam yadu cha Samastam yadu cha Sam Sam Yadu Kulashya Chah, Swapathaya Matim Chakre, Nibhrithatma Nishamaya Bhagavan Mregam, Maya Margam, Samsthām yadu kulaśyācā. Swapāthāyā matim chakrē. Nibhṛtyātmā yudhishtirāhā. Nīśamāyā bhagavān mārgām. Samsthām yadu kulaśyācā. Swapathaya Matim Chakre, Sapatyamatri, ni Nibritatma Yadu Yudhishtidaha. Matha Nishamya Bhagavan Markam Sastamyadukala Shaca. Samsamyadukulashyacha. Swapataya Matim Chakra Nibrita Atma Yudhishthira Nishamya Bhagavan Margam Samstham Yadukula Shayacha Swapataya Matim Chakra Nivrata Atma Yudhishthira. What word? Nishamya. Deliberately. Deliberating. 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 Yeah. Bhagavat. Regarding the Lord. Margam. The ways of his appearance and disappearance. Samstham. End. Yadukulasya of the dynasty of king yadu cha also swa the abode of the lord pathaya on the way of matim desire chakra gave attention nivrut atma lonely and alone Yudhishthira, King Yudhishthira. Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada ki. Okay. Srila Prabhupada ki. Upon hearing of the Lord Krishna, upon hearing of Lord Krishna's returning to his abode and upon understanding the end of the Yadu dynasty's earth earthly manifestation, Maharaj Yudhishthira decided to go back home, back to Godhead report. Maharaj Yudhishthira also turned his attention to the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita after hearing about the Lord's departure from the vision of earthly people. He began to deliberate on the Lord's way of appearance and departure. The mission of the Lord's appearance and disappearance in the the mortal universe is completely dependent on his supreme will. He is not forced to appear Or disappear by any superior energy as the living beings appear and disappear by force of the law. Being forced by the law, sorry, of the nature. Whenever the Lord likes, he can appear himself from anywhere and everywhere without disturbing his appearance and disappearance in any other place. He is like the sun. The sun appears and disappears on its own accord at any place without disturbing its presence in other places. The sun appears in the morning in India without disappearing from the Western Hemisphere. The sun is present everywhere and anywhere all over the solar system. But it so appears that in a particular place, the sun appears in the morning and also disappears at some fixed time in the evening. The time limitation, even of the sun, is of no concern. And so what to speak of the Supreme Lord, who is the creator and controller of the sun? Therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that anyone who factually understands the transcendental appearance and disappearance of the Lord by his Inconceivable energy becomes liberated from the laws of birth and death and is placed in the eternal spiritual sky where the Vaikuntha planets are. There such liberated persons can eternally live without the pangs of birth, death, old age and disease. In the spiritual sky, the Lord and those who are eternally engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord are all eternally young because there is no old age and disease and there is no birth there is no death because there is no death there is no birth it is concluded therefore that simply by understanding the lord's appearance and disappearance in truth one who one can attain the perfectional stage of eternal life therefore maharaj yudhishthir also began to consider going back to godhead the lord appears on the earth or any other mortal planet along with his associates who live with him eternally. And the m- members of the Yadu family who were engaged in supplementing the pastimes of the Lord are no, are no other than his eternal associates. And so also Maharajidhushtir and his brothers and mother, etc. Since the appearance and disappearance of the Lord and his eternal associates are transcendental, one should not be bewildered by the external features of appearance and disappearance. Oma jnana timirandhasya jnana shalakaya chakshur yena shri chaitanya Yesik Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shriadvaita Gadathare Shrivasadi Gaura Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ramo Hare Ramo 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 Hare Hare Namo Vishnupadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namini Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharini Nirvishesha Shwinavati Paschatya Deshatarine Praying at the lotus feet of my spiritual master and Srila Prabhupada and all the Vaishnavas and the Guru Vargas, may I speak few words for the glorification of our dear Lord Shri Krishna, for the pleasure of the Vaishnavas and for my very own purification. Madhavam Hare Krishna. Yes, thank you. So as I was reading this verse given to me to serve, I first thing came like, you know, the translation itself, which I can read one more time for our, say that upon hearing of Lord Krishna's returning, to his abode, and upon understanding the end of the Yadu dynasty's earthly manifestation, Maharaj decided to go back home, back to Godhead. So it was so glorious. As soon as Krishna was not there, they realized there was no business for them. And this is a life, glorious life of a pure devotee. So long, Lord is there, they continue. The devotees continue to do their prescribed duties. Whatever it might be for a grihastha it is different, brahmacharya it is different, and for sannyasi, banaprastha, everybody it is a different prescribed duties. But they continue doing so, so long the Lord was there. But as soon as he left, no wealth, no position, no beauty, nothing could bind them to this material world. And that's what the, that's what came to my mind that uh, had it been person like me so conditioned, doesn't matter Lord is there or not, but my, i'm still in my and you know, my body is functioning my son is young my you know etc 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 the point is if we have everything settled we don't feel like leaving this world why would we leave even if what if, if it were, doesn't matter if krishna is not there and we know the story of kailash Narad Muni was trying to preach him that, you know, this is, we are not the body, we are the soul, and eventually you should have to leave this body. So why not, you know, come along with me? Narad Muni gave him that option. But Kailash was like, no, uh, I, need to, I need to study. Then he had to get a job. Then he had to get married. Every time Narad Muni came, he had always had a reason not to go to Vaikuntha. And then eventually he died. And when he came, Narad Muni came, And he saw a snake, some say snake, some say dog, whichever, some sort of an animal, and he was still guarding his house. And he said, now you come. And then he said, no, no, you see my sons, they're so stupid. They can, I have accumulated all this property, all this wealth, and they don't know how to take care of it. So I have to be all the hissing around or barking around so that, you know, they do the right thing. Narad Muni got really, really like, you know, tired of all the excuses he had been he has been making over years or so he told called up his sons so he said you know what this dog or snake is you know is around why don't you kill him or kill it and they did they they, they they started beating the snake and the snake was dead and then finally finally he realized that okay even my sons are not my own and whatever his realization he finally he was ready to go with you know narad muni so our situation is like, at least my talking for myself, situation is like that. Until and only, so long one is, you know, well situated, they don't feel like serving Krishna. They don't feel like, you know, doing any sort of austerity for Krishna, doing any sort of penances. Until and somebody is given a pain, and then we go stand in front of Krishna and say, why me? But we don't say the same when we are given nice things. Only when we feel some sort of a punishment or so-called punishment, we come and complain to Krishna. But unless, many a time, for many of us, unless we have gone through those miseries of life, we cannot tell this, duk, uh, this material world is Dukkhalayam and ash, Ashashwatam anyway, but Dukkhalayam. And uh, as I'm hearing through this chapter and we are reading through this chapter, it's been a beautiful, beautiful chapter. It's 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 a chapter to me is a chapter of gratefulness and also a chapter where, you know, we can see that Arjuna is such a such an expert personality because I was mentioning in my previous class that in chapter 10 where Krishna is talking about all his opulences, he says, of the Pandavas, I am the Arjuna. So he's that powerful, that capable, that Krishna is calling him, you know, Arjuna. But that Arjuna, when Krishna wasn't there, he couldn't even defeat those cowherd boys. And Arjuna is attributing all his achievement, all his, uh, everything that he possesses to Krishna. So that's wonderful that we as devotee, we might be doing wonderful kirtan, we might be giving wonderful Srimad Bhagavatam class or doing wonderfully, wonderfully. Archana, we might be doing deity worship dressing so beautifully. And at time, it feels, okay, nobody can do like me. This is so wonderful. But this should be our constant meditation or a reminder that, you know, these words of Arjuna that none of the skills are ours. They are given to us for a particular purpose so that we can serve Krishna with those skills. And that's where it ends. Those skills should not bring us pride. The skills should not get into our head because Krishna doesn't like pride. Krishna doesn't like his devotees being you know, proud of their skill. It is given to It's a borrowed thing. And uh, I was mentioning in, yesterday in the Bhagavad Gita class that Gaurang Dushin Prabhu was telling that we are like the crows And a peacock feather, we have got some peacock feather and we have put it around and we are going out saying, I'm so beautiful, I'm so beautiful, I'm so beautiful. But still a crow talking for myself. Those those skills, whatever they might be, are given so that we can serve Krishna. And not that we become proud about it and, you know, get into all these things that, you know, I'm so, I'm much better than, I'm thinking oneself to be better than other devotees. And nobody can do like me. But that's not what the skills are. Skills are so that we can serve Krishna. That the way the body is given. that Every material thing that we possess. Should be used for Krishna's purpose. Directly or indirectly. The other main thing that I was thinking about. Is being grateful. That you know how grateful a pure devotee is. How he attributes everything. Everything back at the lotus feet of Krishna. His glorification. His achievement. His success to the Lord. And not a single moment blames him. Okay, Krishna, why did you do this? And etc., etc. Always, always. And um, we as devotees of the Lord, Krishna, should always be so grateful. What should we be grateful about? Being a devotee of the Lord. That we are so fortunate that in this very birth, we have been given this opportunity to become a devotee of the Lord. And... Krishna has given us, you know, in the form, he has given us himself in the form of the holy name, his pastimes, his qualities, and his forms, like our dearest Radha Chanji. And we are so fortunate. But usually we see, we are doing it every day. We are every day coming, we are staying next to the temple, we are getting prasadam all the time, we are getting the association of the devotees. It's very hard to understand and to remain grateful. Because, you know, it becomes every day. Everyday thing, we are not grateful for the air that we breathe, the light that we get from sun. So it is very difficult to be grateful. But when we see that others don't have it, that's the time we become more or grateful at least, you know, if not more. That, okay, this person doesn't have Krishna, but I do. So we can be grateful, not proud, of course, but grateful that, you know, when we see how I have him, And others don't like I have a nice house. I don't realize that I have a nice house till I see somebody doesn't have as nice as mine. And then we realize, oh, my house is so nice. Then we can either become proud or we can become, you know, humbled or grateful that, you know, I've been given this opportunity. Similarly, when we see others, so many people are there, right? Who don't have Krishna. We feel pity for them. We feel sad. It is not like, you know neglecting them or seeing anything low about them but we feel oh how sad they may think that we are very happy you know we got it we got the, we figured out this material life we figured out my life and my family's life we know how to enjoy Like Gajendra, when he was walking around those grooves, he was walking like an, you know, the explanation is given, such wonderful explanations are given the way he was walking, like a carefree personality. He was just walking with so many wives and the kids and the family and the friends. What else do you want? And everything was so beautiful. He was so, so enamored by everything around him and about him. And that's when the crocodile caught him. So the people out there, they might think they have everything so wonderful, they have got it all, I have a friend on Facebook who whose husband keeps writing He, you know, he posts all this kind of pictures and then he will keep writing one life to live, etc, etc and we should feel sorry about them and because without Krishna, there is no value to anything that we possess like Prabhupada will say, there is zero, zero, zero zero material life is like zero, zero, zero zero, zeros. Go on adding. Till you put that one in front of it, those zeros have no value. Similarly, till we have Krishna, we don't have anything worthy possessing. Like, I was thinking of this example. You know, the seashore. The children will make beautiful castles. Sometimes they will add so much of details to it. You will be like, wow, such a beautiful castle. And they will be so happy. They may go on, you know, multi-story building near the castle. uh, Sorry, near the seashore. Beautiful, beautiful castle. And one wave comes and the castle is washed away. That's how our material life is. Our house, our beautiful car, our whatever, beautiful neighborhood. We like to be our house beautiful and the neighborhood to be, you know, posh. So we feel inside the house nice, outside the house nice. We should feel. But internally, what are we feeling? So this house, the the castles, those are built by these children, they are very happy about it till it is being washed away. But the parents, they know about it. You know, it's the wave going to come and this castle that my child has been building for hours will be washed away. So the parents are in knowledge. When I was thinking of this example, I was also thinking, we were in Capri, Italy, eight, nine years back it's a very very posh town it is such a posh town and it's it's it only wealthy people lives there i mean even wealthy people cannot afford to live there they go there and they see and they come back it is such a such a what do you say expensive city if you look up in google you will see they do not open the shops in the morning because morning only the tourists come even the tourists must not be poor right they they have to have some wealth to come to that city, but still they don't open. It is open. The restaurant and everything. It, it is open. The restaurant, the local restaurants. Some of them are open, but most of the stores and the restaurants, the posh restaurants, are open only in the night, because the wealthiest people of this world come there and enjoy, and they can shop because those jewellery, those sapphire and everything else, nobody else can afford. So while taking a tour around the sea, and there's a hill in that, uh, you know, in this town, Capri, there on a building, uh, on the hill, only a section, only a segment of it was owned by only one person, person, and that one was such as owner's, you know, house or a mansion. And there was nobody around. So all he sees, of course, it is like on, you know, on top of a somewhere in between the hill. And all he sees is sea. And it's a beautiful sea. Beautiful, beautiful place and a beautiful area to live. But guess what? That will perish too. I mean, yeah, people, I mean, people will, nobody can afford that place than him, I feel. It is such a rare opportunity to be in that mansion and be the owner of Because imagine the city, the town itself is so expensive. What will be the price of that mansion? But yet, that is temporary too. That too gonna get perished. So, like the parents who are in knowledge that you know, even if my child is spending hours of time playing at the seashore, at the seashore, it's not gonna stay forever. It it will be there so long the waves are not there. But as soon as the wave is there, the castle will be gone. Similarly, in our life, you know, we have this sadhu, the spiritual master, the self-realized souls who can bring us to this knowledge that this material life is temporary. This body is temporary. It's not going to stay forever. So you better take care of your soul as well. Take care of your body because that's needed. To take care of your soul. If we don't have the body, how do we, if we don't have eyes, how do we read scripture? If we don't have hands, so difficult to chant. How do we chant if we don't have tongue? How do we taste prasadam. or chant the holy name? So, but at the same time, sadhus, the self-realized souls, like we see here, from the beginning, after Krishna advised Arjuna, bhishma pitama was advising Yudhishthira. Then came vidura. Then came Narad Muni. So these people are continuously helping the Pandavas to come closer and closer and closer to Krishna. To the point that Pandavas, finally they retired to this chapter. They retired timely. They did not retire at a time when they are so old that people are tired of their king. You know, they are ruling. They are tired of, they are tired of their body and others are tired of them. You know, this is how it is in this material world at least. We do not retire till our body kicks us out or others kick us out. We try and struggle and struggle and struggle to remain in this body, to remain as the authoritative personality, you know, the authorities. But with Pandavas it is not like that. They were not like that because they were welcoming these self-realized souls continuously in their life. Even if they were kings and they didn't Like how we see Prabhupada says in one of his lecture that it is so difficult to come to self-realization, especially when you're rich, because you will not let one self-realized sadhu come into your house. You will have dogs outside, guards outside, and they will throw those self-realized souls out. But when somebody is poor, there is no guard, there is no, you know, there is no dog. The sadhu can enter into anyone's house. And then the sadhus don't come necessarily to take, you know, arms from you. They don't come to beg necessarily your material possessions, but to give you spiritual knowledge. But when we keep our doors shut, but when we keep our doors shut or our hearts or our ears shut to them, how do we get self-realization? How, how do we get the knowledge of the soul? And even Krishna says, 434, Tadbidi pranipatena pari sevaya. By serving such self-realized souls, we will get submissively, not arrogantly. Oh, I have so much of wealth. You know, you take some. No, submissively. We see the culture that whenever a king received a sadhu, he will first thing give is, give his own singhasan, his own throne. And res- give him the entire respect. And if the sadhu will say, okay, I'm taking over your kingdom the king will give it king will not say oh i didn't mean to give i was just giving you the samasan. i was not giving you the kingdom no the sadhu the king will give it away but the sadhus will also not take now the situation is completely reverse the kali yuga the sadhu will take will be happy to take the kingdom but the king is not ready to give the kingdom but this is not what the case we see in the st- uh, story of chitraketu maharaj when angira muni came to his kingdom he gave the, you know, the throne to him. Maharaj gave. And then finally he said, okay, this is your throne, take care of it. You know, it is like giving, it belongs to the king. King gives it to the Brahmana. Brahmana gives it back saying, okay, you take care of it. So this is how it was. So when we, the sadhus can help us when we let them help. That was the point I was thinking that, you know, whether it was Bhishma, they were all telling them, all telling Pandavas how they should what should their lookout be. And not do not just focus on the material or the yeah, the mundane aspect of it. Take care of your souls. But we should also be receptible to welcome such mahatmas. And as Krishna called them, they are very they are sudur lovas. They are barely, barely. Out of thousands and millions and millions, you get a one rare soul who surrendered to Krishna. And when we find one, how, how preciously, how carefully we should preserve them in our heart. You may get one diamond, two diamond, three diamond, if you have the wealth. But to get someone whom Krishna himself calls Sudha Lava, how precious they are. And how much value we should give them. How much... How much respect, how much, everything. Like we see, I was hearing this morning, Bhagavatam class, how Bali Maharaj received Bhamana Dev. To the extent he had to reject his Guru. Because Guru was saying, do not, you know, give everything to Vishnu. To that extent, a Brahmana is respected. So, So, they are extremely rare. And Pandavas, we see that that, you know, even if they're even if they're king, I mean, who can be more busy than such kings who can be more engaged? Because they are the entire earth to rule. It is not just India or America or Europe. It was the entire earth. If you read Bhagavatam on and on, you will realize they could go to the places which we cannot go. You know, there is entire description of the Vedic cosmology and there it says that we are so limited. And Prabhupada also says that we cannot go anywhere. We are stuck here. This globe, we are stuck. But there is so much beyond. But Pandavas could go. When we hear that Pandavas, we are seeing they will retire timely. These Himalayas, those are being, you know, spoken about. Not the Himalayas that we see from India. Not are those. Where we hear Hanumanji is doing his austerity. These are not the Himalayas. These are called greater Himalayas. Something that is subtle and we cannot see. It is beyond our vision. And it is... There are so many khandas. And our Bharat... There are so many Varsha and then there is khandas. And in one of the topmost is the Himalaya. This greater Himalayas. And that's where the Pandavas will go to retire. But... The thing is, we cannot do a lot of things, but what we can do is we can surrender and have faith in the words of Sadhu, Guru and Shastra. And another thing that I was thinking, see, there's a difference between a non-devotee not having Krishna and a devotee not having Krishna. Like Arjuna doesn't have Krishna now. But Duryodhan also doesn't have Krishna. I mean, of course, he is dead and gone now. But a devotee realize that Krishna is not there, but a non-devotee, he continue doing his he continues doing his material things without realizing that you know Krishna has to be realized. A devotee, even if externally he doesn't seem to be having Krishna, but internally he does, in his separation. And we see that, you know. he may or may not have the association of Krishna externally. But internally he is always thinking of Krishna. And that's what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. that Man mana bhava mad Give your mind to me. You know, be absorbed in my thoughts. So even if Arjuna doesn't have externally Krishna. Physically presence right there. But thoughts of Krishna are non-different from Krishna. Because Krishna is absolute. We might be thinking, I might be thinking of my son who at school. But that's not the same thing as when I'm at home and I'm thinking of, for some reason, Kalachanji comes to my mind. It's not the same thing. Back in India, I mean, it is a very sad state. When you have a son, they'll say, oh, your son is like a Bal Gopal and serving him is as good as serving the deity and et cetera, all the concocted things. It is not the same. No Shastra says so. No Shastra mentions that your child, your son is as good as the deity. Deity is deity. He is the supreme personality of God. My child is a living entity. He is a Jivatma. He is a Baddha So we cannot equate the two and compromise on our devotional service. Of course, the child has to be taken care of. It's no no compromise. Prabhupada says, you know, when you have a child, especially the one who needs care, should be given more attention before you give attention to the GTs. That's what Prabhupada says. That's important it is. But that does not compromise on the position of Krishna. I might be giving more attention to uh, the child because he needs it. But that does not mean that the child is as good as or above or equal to Krishna. That does not do that. Our responsibilities are there. We are doing it. But like we see on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Arjuna was still doing his fight. He was not sitting there and admiring Krishna. Or do we know pressing his legs? He was not doing all that. He was doing his duty. But he knew that this is my Lord. This is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So that knowledge is very, very important and that knowledge comes from Shaduguru Shastra, the scripture, the devotees and the spiritual master. So even if in, you know, Krishna is not there, but he is continuously absorbed in his thoughts, and this is this is what it is. He is associating with Krishna. Because Krishna's thoughts, Krishna's name, Krishna's dham, Krishna's pastime, prashadam, everything is as absolute as Krishna is. There is no difference between Krishna and anything that's related to Krishna. But a non-devotee like Duryodhana, even if they had direct darshan of Krishna, they didn't realize the importance of Krishna. And <clears throat> they don't have Krishna, whether internally or externally. And um because they did not recognize Krishna, long time back, this was a class on homeschooling, uh, Radhika Raman Prabhu, he was, he was saying that, you know, one of the Maharaj, I think Ganpati Maharaj, or some other Maharaj, who used to say that, you know, re, you need to know who is Krishna. Because if Krishna comes and stands next to you, looking at the lotus feet, you should know who is Krishna. You should recognize him. So, to recognize him, to recognize Krishna, we have to know about Krishna. Because when we know somebody, that's when you can love someone. Without knowing you cannot love, that's what Shila Prabhupada says. You know, You know Krishna, you love him. Then you know him, you feel like knowing him more. And then you feel like loving him more. It's a continuous cycle. So our reading and listening and chanting and doing our devotional service can never stop. Because the more you do, the more you feel like doing and on and on and on. It's like a continuous cycle. And this is the cycle that can break the cycle of birth, that old age and disease. When you are in this cycle, that material cycle, this spiritual cycle will break through your spirit, material cycle. So to love Krishna, we must have to know Krishna. And you know, Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita are such wonderful literature. From here we learn about Krishna's instructions and the mood that devotee has for Krishna and the devotional service and how Krishna has been reciprocating. I was hearing again a class yesterday by Radhika Raman Prabhu. It is so beautiful. It's a class on forgiveness. And Prabhu was mentioning the situation that if you have a good intention but bad action, Krishna will take the intention and forget the you know, action. If you have a good action, but the intention wasn't that great, he will take the action and reject the intention. And if you are both bad, that time he will, cons- and if you still for- beg forgiveness, the moment you realize, he will still forgive you. So if you read this Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita, of course, because we have to know what he means, what he, w- we, to know w- what he means, what he says, we have to read Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and of course Chaitanya Charitamrita. So that we know what it is to be a devotee. Until you see what it is to be a devotee. We are reading in Chaitanya Charitamita Madhavendra Puri. How do you desire to be a devotee like that if you don't know about a devotee like that exists? When we read about Srila Prabhupada's sacrifice we feel this desire comes. I wish I could do little to please Srila Prabhupada, to please Krishna. What Srila Prabhupada did is not possible for me. Because I'm not at that level. But at least the desire to do something. Krishna is as, as Bhagavad Gita says, like how you can smell a flower from very from very far because the smell, the air, the wind is carrying the smell. Similarly, Krishna, as Paramatma sitting in our heart, right next to our soul, the super soul, can smell our desire. And when we hear such things, like about what Bali Maharaj did, what Amrish Maharaj did, so forgiving to Durvasamuni. So forgiving. And wonderful, wonderful Devona, Pandavas, Arjuna, they are crying for Krishna. Even if they are so powerful, so powerful, they are still crying for Krishna. But in this material world, if you go and tell somebody, they'll say, oh, I'm so powerful. Why do I have to depend on others? But we see how Arjuna is. When we see such people, we know, okay, I need to be grateful. Okay, I need to be humble. Who tells us? Through reading, through hearing. We get this realization, this understanding, if not realization, at least the understanding. And over and over, and yet again over, when we hear it time and again, we realize what our goal is, where we should be heading towards. We know what the right path is. Material world is needed to make our spiritual life successful we have the car we have the house we have we can have everything we have everything krishna has you know so mercifully has given us so many things so that we can use it for krishna that very thought itself that he has kept me alive to speak the shrimad bhagavatam should make so much of humility and so much of gratitude in in myself so with that i would like to possess if there i would like to pause if there is anything any mistake that i have done please forgive me vanchakalpataru veshakripa sindubevach patita nam pavane vayashneveve namo namah krantaraj shrimad bhagavatam ki shila prabhu pad ki bhakt brinda ki nitai gope manand hari hari is there anything or you would like to add comment share yes it is so wonderful isn't it and the as as i was mentioning radhakaraman prabhu was saying krishna is seeing your intention and if you become successful, that's an action. But just that intention, just your desire to let me give this person Krishna. I have. See, devotional service is just opposite of the material life. In material life, if you have possessed something, a diamond, you would like to hide it and keep it to yourself. Right? But spiritual life become more glorious, more lustrous, more beautiful when you, you go to, you go and share it with others. Isn't it? When you give it to others, your de- devotion becomes stronger. The more you give, the more strong you feel in this Krishna consciousness. And um, I don't remember preaching. Like, you know, preaching is such a glorious, glorious thing to do. I mean, all of us. In, like, I remember Mataji, she was telling me, she, you know, she said, oh, I, I was telling her, Mataji, give class or something on that line. And she said, no, no, no. But then she was telling one incident that she had her neck beads, you know, her beads, not neck beads, the uh, the jappa beads around her neck, the the bead bag was around her neck. And one this mataji, she came up to her and said, Oh, are you from Iskon? Are you following Srila Prabhupada and etc? And that's how they got connected. So every one of us, some way or the other, we are preaching. And so long that becomes our business, like you know, Vaishashika Prabhu has a book called Our Family Business. And that is not a book on, on his, Prabhu's family business, but it's a book on book distribution. So it says many things. I have not... I haven't read the book through completely, but the book is all about his experience and things like that, about book distribution. So our family business is book distribution. Our family... So our family business is to distribute this knowledge that has been given to us. So that's so beautiful. And and that way, we, I feel... I think Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has a very, very strong statement on it. I do not remember. I do not remember it exactly. Don't recollect it right now. But something like, "With so long you are preaching, you are alive." Something on those lines. It's a very strong statement. But so long you are preaching, you are alive. Because when you are preaching, like when you prepare for a class, you have to be convinced what you are saying. Otherwise, how will others get convinced? if ourselves are not, if we do not actually believe Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, I may say it externally, but internally if that is not there, if I think maybe Shiva, maybe God is Durga, then no matter how, even if I say like sitting here like thousand times, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna is a, it will not have the effect. But we see Srila Prabhupada, he would say it once, a 15 minutes class or a 5 minutes association, so powerful because the conviction is there. They are, he he has it and he is giving. Only when you have it you can give. Only when you have the... That is for material or spiritual. That is same thing. Only when you have the conviction that yes, this spiritual life is so wonderful because I am enjoying it, I want others to enjoy. Then only. But again, when saying so, Prabhupada says, You know, and spiritual life, fake it till you make it works. (laughs) Even if you are not completely convinced, if you still sit on the Vyasasana and say it, Krishna will, because you said it, it's an action, Krishna will make it, you know, if it is external, Krishna will internalize it too. So that is also true. But it, yeah. Yes, the more we repeat, you know, of course, as I was saying, I mean, everybody is a different Phase of their spiritual life. So, we may not get everybody in our, on our side because we are not like, at least talking for myself, pure devotee like Srila Prabhupada, but to whatever extent we can, we all should try and saying, okay, you know, I'm so fallen. We are, that's why Prabhupada says that this material body itself is a proof that we are conditioned and we are fallen. We have this body, that's a you know, that's a, what do you say? That's a proof that we are fallen. But if you are diseased, it doesn't mean that you have to remain diseased. You can get cured. So by preaching is and I think the day before yesterday I was hearing a lecture where Prabhupada says this is the fastest way to cure yourself, preaching. So yes. And our movement is it's a preaching movement, so yes, so that's our job. So yes, Prabhupada, thank you so much for your association and beautiful points. Thank you. Krishna. Krishna.